The end is drawing near. Prepare to meet your God. The return of Jesus Christ in the clouds to gather His children together unto Him appears to be eminent. Those who are born again will meet Him in the clouds, only to return with Him after the great uh, devastating tribulation period, to engage and annihilate the world's armies at Armageddon. Those on the wrong side of this equation are damned and doomed. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13-18 through 18. But I, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. It behooves all who are reading this message and are not born again to take action. If you are not born again, or if you have fallen away from Christ, turn now while you still have time. I sense the urgency like never before. In the next few weeks, note this feature is being published Thursday, October 23, 2008. God said, man said, will publish some very telltale issues with instructions. Please stay tuned. If you are not ready or doubt your salvation, click on the Further with Jesus and God will assure your soul. We will wait for you here. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis chapter 6, verses 12 through 17. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. God said, Matthew chapter 24, verses 33 through 39. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. 
Man said these miraculous biblical accounts are foolish and unfounded. An infamous evolutionist said that a thinking man must check his brain at the door if he attends a Bible-believing church. Now the record. Many miraculous accounts in the Bible strain credulity, but only in the minds of those who choose ignorance. The issue of Noah's Ark is one of the most dramatic examples. Could it be true? Is it more than just a preacher's story? Could the God of creation have destroyed all creatures that had the breath of life in their nostrils, with the exception of those who were aboard Noah's Ark? Did the whole earth find itself covered with water? Did the animals actually come two by two into the ark? Do geology, paleontology, archaeology, history, etc. support such a bizarre account? The answer is a heavy duty, yes. In spite of all the dramatic and monumental stacks of empirical data that shouts yes to Noah, they continue to deny the obvious. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 3 and 7. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Jesus declares the reason they hide from the truth in John chapter 3, 19, and this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. There are nine other marvelous features on God Said, Man Said that deal directly with Noah's Ark. They are listed at the end of this feature for your perusal. Is this account certifiable beyond any reasonable doubt? Yes. And by the way, the earth is just over 6,000 years old. The articles dealing with this undeniable truth will also be listed at the end of this feature. Just click and listen. In this feature, before bringing forth new information, we will highlight excerpts from past articles on the Great Flood. Be assured they will not come near to exhausting the pertinent info in these articles. Excuse me. Uh, make time to review them. Uh, your time will not be wasted. The following excerpts are from the feature, Noah's Ark Fact or Fiction Updated. Excerpt number one. In the last 122 years, Noah's Ark has been spotted by over 186 people, many of note. In ancient times, it was seen by the Jewish historian Josephus, who was one of the most famous historians immediately following the time of Christ. Josephus speaks about Noah's Ark, saying that he saw it. Marco Polo, about whom you've read in history books, was a famous explorer. Many pay homage to this man in regard to his accomplishments, but lose respect when he gets to the point where he says, I saw Noah's Ark. Excerpt 2. Many paleontological specimens excuse me, are found in rock strata, horizontal layers of hardened sediment which are seen all around the world. Nearly all the dinosaurs that have been found were buried in sandstone, which means they were killed by flood action. Hundreds of the great frozen mammoth beasts that have been found in Siberia were all buried in ice. 
Some of the woolly mammoths that have been found in the Arctic still have green foliage in their mouths. These animals were destroyed suddenly by massive water action. It is reported that hungry people have actually eaten them. That's the way it happened. That's the way it is. Excerpt number three. The September to November 2000 issue of Creation reports on a Scientific American article. The title of the article is Flood Link to Fossilized Dino Family. The excerpt follows. A family of six fossilized dinosaurs have been found buried together in Patagonia, resembling Tyrannosaurus rex and Gigantosaurus, uh, and Natos, uh, the yet-to-be-named uh, dinosaur, could be the largest apparent meat-eater to have ever walked the earth. The family of one large adult, two smaller adults, two juveniles, and one quarter-sized baby dinosaur were found buried together with no indications of volcanic eruptions or attack from other dinosaurs. Paleontologists are therefore theorizing that the group may have perished in a flood. Excerpt number four. Many ancient non-Jewish and non-Christian civilizations have passed down accounts of the flood. One of the world's oldest, the Mao or Maatsu of China, passed down this story from generation to generation. So it poured 40 days in sheets and torrents, then 55 days of misting and drizzle. The waters surmounted the mountains and ranges, an earth with no earth upon which to take refuge, a world with no foothold where one might subsist. The people were baffled, impotent, and ruined, despairing, horror-stricken, diminished, and finished. But the patriarch Noah was righteous. The matriarch Gobolian upright, built a boat very wide, made a ship very vast. Their household entire got aboard and were floated the family complete rode the deluge in safety. The animals with him were female and male. The birds were along and were mated in pairs. When the time was fulfilled, God commanded the waters. The day had arrived. The floodwaters receded. Then Nua liberated the dove from their refuge, sent a bird to go forth to bring again tidings. The flood has gone down into lake and to ocean. The mud was confined to the pools and hollows. There was land once again where man might reside. There was a place in the earth now to rear habitations. Buffalo then were brought, an oblation to God. Fatter cattle became sacrificed to the mighty. The divine one then gave them his blessing. Their God then bestowed his good graces. The following two paragraphs are from the December-February uh, 01 issue of Creation under the heading uncanny coherence to Noah's account, the excerpt reads, There are at least 500 legends of a worldwide deluge. Many of these show remarkable similarities with many aspects similar to the details about Noah's flood in the Bible. We are left with few options. Perhaps all of the peoples of these remote civilizations had different flood experiences that by chance had all these features in common on which they based their stories. However, the more reasonable alternative is that these legends all find their root in the same one global flood experience that Genesis records, end of quote. The following paragraphs are from Noah number two. The Mother of All Extinctions was a headline in Discover Magazine, October 2001. 
According to science writer Kay Wright, during an event dubbed the Permian Extinction, 90% of all life on the planet was wiped out, which pseudoscientists erroneously predict to have uh, happened 250 million years ago. The following excerpt from Wright's article tells of a sudden death, but also shows how much confidence one should have in their dating estimates, it reads. Until recently, geologists and paleontologists thought the Permian extinction itself occurred over millions of years, the result of gradual changes in climate and sea level that are common in Earth's history. But new studies have unearthed increased evidence of sudden death. In 1997, analysis of radioactive decay in Permian sediments showed that the, the, the extinction may have taken place over a period of less than half a million years. Subsequent studies of other sediment features reduced the figure to 10,000 years or less, and according to an exhaustive fossil census Irwin and his colleagues conducted last year, the Permian extinction may have gone down virtually overnight. End of quote. The following paragraphs are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Noah, Extraordinary Evidence. David Rawl, in his book Legend, The Genesis of Civilization, writes concerning excavations at the very ancient city of Ur. Ur, one of the first cities mentioned after the flood, was excavated by the former archaeologist, excuse me, famed archaeologist, Sir Leonard Woolley. The following excerpts concerning Woolley are from Rawl's book. During his famous excavations at the ancient Sumerian city of Ur, between the years 1928 and 1934, Sir Leonard Woolley unearthed a thick uh, alluvial silt deposit deep down beneath the modern surface of the site. At first it appeared that his workmen had reached virgin soil, upon which the earliest settlement at Ur had been built. But the clean zone of the silt at the bottom of the excavation pit still appeared to be several meters above the surrounding ground level beyond the ruin mound. Woolley was not convinced by his foreman's protestations that their work was finished in the sounding and that it was pointless for him to dig deeper. I do not like having my theories upset by anything less than proof. I told the man to get back and go on digging. Most unwillingly he did so again turning up nothing but clean soil that yielded no sign of human activity. He dug through eight feet of it in all, and then suddenly there appeared flint implements and fragments of painted Alpbane uh, pottery vessels. I got into the pit once more, examined the sides, and by the time I had written up my notes, was quite convinced of what it all meant. But I wanted to see whether others would come to the same conclusion. So I brought up two of my staff, and after pointing out the facts, asked for their explanation. They did not know what to say. My wife came along and looked, and was asked the same question, and she turned away, remarking casually, Well, of course, it's the flood. End of quote. The following excerpt is from Noah's Ark Fact or Fiction. Consider these geological facts that certify the Bible's account of Noah's Ark. All the mountains of the worlds have been underwater at some time or times in the past, as indicated by sedimentary rocks and marine fossils near their summits. Two, most of the Earth's crust consists of sedimentary rocks, which are formed almost entirely underwater. Three, 
all sedimentary formations appear to have been formed rapidly, even catastrophically, end of quote. The new information that follows uh, concerns the Grand Canyon and is from the October to December 2008 quarterly publication Answers. The article was written by eminent geologist Dr. Andrew Snelling. Within this sandstone, we find grains of the mineral zircon, which is relatively easy to trace to its source because zircon usually contains radioactive uranium. By dating these zircon grains using the uranium-lead radioactive method, it has been postulated that the sand grains in the Navajo sandstone came from the Appalachians of Pennsylvania and New York and from former mountains further north in Canada. If this is true, the sand grains were transported about 1,250 miles right across North America. This discovery poses somewhat of a dilemma for conventional uniformitarian, slow and gradual geologists because no known sediment transport system is capable of carrying sand across the entire North American continent during the required millions of years. It must have become, uh, it must have been, excuse me, water over an area even bigger than the continent. All they can do is postulate that some unknown transcontinental river system must have done the job. But even in the scientific belief system of Earth's history, it is impossible for such a river to have persisted for millions of years. Yet the evidence is overwhelming that the water was flowing in one direction. More than half a million measurements have been collected from 15,615 North American localities recording water current direction indicators throughout the geological record. The evidence indicates that water moved sediments across the entire continent from the east and northeast to the west and southwest throughout the so-called Paleozoic. This general pattern continued on up into a Mesozoic uh, when the Navajo sandstone was deposited. How could water be flowing across North America continent consistently for hundreds of millions of years? Absolutely impossible. The only logical and viable explanation is the global cataclysmic Genesis flood. Only the water currents of a global ocean lasting a few months could have transported such huge volumes of sediments right across North America continent to deposit uh, the thick strata sequences which blanket the continent. End of quote. Noah's Ark? Noah's Ark? Yes. Absolutely yes. Even as the world ridiculed Noah and the preaching of doomsday, so it is today. But believe me, it's beginning to rain. God said, Genesis chapter 6, verses 12 through 17, And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shall pitch within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, 
I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. God said, Matthew chapter 20, ver, uh, 24, excuse me, verses 30 through 39, So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Man said, These miraculous biblical accounts are foolish and unfounded. An infamous evolutionist said, that a thinking man must check his brain at the door if he attends a Bible-believing church. Now you have the record.